Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Billy Munger. And hello, I'm Johnny Herbert. And welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. Today, we are looking back at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Yeah, it was an interesting race with uh, just a few things to talk about. Exactly, Billy. So here we go then. It's time for us to lift the lid. Right, how was your weekend firstly, mate, before we get into, you know, the ins and outs of Baku? Enjoying your bank holiday? Uh, Bankology hasn't been too bad uh, so far. The biggest story for me is actually I boxed up my car engine and it's being sent over to Grice Racing to be stuck on the dyno. Oh, good. I know Gricey pretty well. I'll tell him to make it an extra fast one for you. I do. Yeah, I spoke to Tom, so hopefully, yeah, they're going to sort that out. You used to do my engines back in the ah, day. Good. Yeah. Do phone up Tom and hopefully, yeah, they can sort it out. So, yeah, that's probably been the highlight of my week. <laughs> In better respect. You can just see the temps of the second just coming off your, your times now, mate. Oh, my fingers are crossed, I have to say. I hope so. I hope so, Billy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been all right so far. Oh, mega, mate. Mega, mate. Well, should we get straight into Baku? Yeah, let's. When we're thinking about Baku and uh, the weekend we've just had, Red Bull, that's the place to start, isn't it? Sergio Perez particularly, what's a weekend from him? Very much so. But is it a surprise, Billy? Because it's a it's track. It's not really, is it? No, because it's always gone well there. But of course, going well in the past is never the same than actually doing it in the moment. But he did it today in the moment brilliantly. And they'll think it's it's just good to see from a championship perspective that he is he is really challenging Max at the at the present time. And there's almost like a little wobble, isn't there? Max yeah, it, it, which in. is so bizarre to think yeah. about. And you think of Max Verstappen, you just think oh, ice cold like a machine just turns up to week weekend after weekend and just wins the Grand Prix. That's how it's felt over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, but yeah, there were some cracks from from Max this weekend. Not only sort of you know in terms of getting beaten by his teammate Sergio, but also we saw after the sprint race on Saturday, you know, a little uh, bit of frustration coming out at aim towards George Russell. What did you make of that? Their little uh, spat at the end of uh, the race in Park Fairway there. 
Yeah, but it also started out before he got there. He wasn't really a fan, was he, of the sprint race because of the risk factor that was part of it. Yeah, he's never been a fan. He's think never so. been a fan of it. No, exactly. But then, of course, in the sprint race uh, itself, and I did have a look at it a little bit earlier on. And, you know, George got at the side of him uh, around turn one. Uh, Max got a slight little drive as they were going towards turn two, but then George was up the inside. And, of course, this is where Max was very unhappy with George because he felt he should have backed out of it and given him the space. He said, oh, you know, your tyres are cold, you're going to understeer and you, you hit me and you damaged my car and everything it counts. But then I can also say, well, actually, George had the right to challenge Max, the risk is not the guy on the inside. The risky is the outside. Yeah, go around the outside as a racing driver. You know the risks it brings, don't you? Sure, Johnny? but you learn that in karting and through do, the ranks, you do. don't you? But the other thing that, of course, we both know is if he had to back out of it, he knows that the guys behind are then actually going to outdrag him as he goes down to turn three. So I know in yeah, his yeah, he's going to kill his exit. He's going to. He knows he's going to kill his exit if he backs out of it. So it's almost like he sort of crosses his toes and hopes that everything goes sort of okay. But of course, he, you're right. It was not a happy chappy uh, after the after the event. But to me, that about you, I th- I thought it's just a racing. That was just a racing instant. That's that's what racing's all about. Yeah, I I agree. I think it was a racing instant. You're at a street circuit. Yeah. It's narrow down at turn two. There, you know, two cars can barely fit through there if they nail Indeed. it to the, the the maximum. And obviously, George had that slight lock up, so it kind of meant there was going to be a form of contact. Uh, obviously, for Max Verstappen, that uh, sort of did a lot of damage to yeah. his car and meant he wasn't really able to challenge on sprint race day. But all of that kicked off. Checo did the job on Saturday in that sprint race. And Indeed. then, yeah, on the, on the Sunday as well, he got the job done. So a big chunk of points for him. And he's uh, all of a sudden, like you say, Johnny, right back with Max in this championship fight. Yeah, and again, the, the whole sort of situation from the, from the first race that we had this year uh, has been very, very competitive between those two. And that, I have to say, this is the best, I think, about you, this is the best Sergio Perez I've seen. From a consistency yeah, point of view. Because even when he gets out qualified, Johnny, it's yeah. only by a couple of temps Absolutely. now. I don't really see a bigger margin than that, which when you've got Max Verstappen yeah. as your teammate on a Saturday in, in quali trim, normally, you know, it got to a stage where he was, you know, dominating his teammates by half a second plus. So yeah. I think for me, there's a bit of relief in this fact that Sergio can get that close to him, even on a, potentially on a bad day. Yeah. And, and again, you can go into the race and say, well, actually, when Max made that sort of uh, pit stop when Nick DeFridis went off. Did that sort of allow Sergio to sort of have the race a little bit more simple? Well, if you do it on the race pace after all that had happened, he was able to control that gap that he had between himself and Max anyway. So again, he showed the speed, he showed consistency, and he showed a very strong mentality as well because he's under pressure from his teammate and and he dealt with it brilliantly. Yeah, that pressure, there was one moment in the race for me that it nearly caught him out, and that was down at turn 15. I don't remember, yeah. I don't know if you remember seeing him clip that I outside did. wall on the entry. I mean, I love to see that because, you know, on a street circuit, it's all about, you know, opening up the corners as much as can and using every bit of racetrack. And I think that just summed up how confident, in a way, Sergio was with the car, that he yeah. was willing to, you know, use every inch whilst leading the Grand Prix. You know, some might think that, if you've got Max Verstappen a few seconds behind, you might sort of rein it in a little bit so you don't make any silly mistakes. But you can't I do guess that. It, he, he was, yeah, he was showing that you can't yeah. rein it and you've got to be on the limit, but that he was comfortable doing that. So I thought it was a, a really good performance all weekend long for, from Checo. Obviously, yeah. Baku, like you mentioned earlier, is a circuit that he always goes well at, Johnny. So 
obviously coming up to the next few races, realistically, what do you think he has to do and what does he have to show? The same again? Do you think he has to consistently yeah. beat him a few races on the trot now? Oh, for sure. I think it's like anything. We both know that you've got to take that sort of positive, positive energy from this weekend's race, but also from the other races that we've had so far because he's been performing brilliantly. So he comes across as if his confidence is getting stronger and stronger. Normally, you're then able to take that to Miami coming up uh, next yeah. weekend. And that's what he's got to be able to do because we all know the likes of someone like Max will be damn quick when we're in Miami. And we know he's going to be quick at the races after that. So that is where Sergio's got to be on 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 it every single Grand Prix. But I think the confidence now is going to be enable him to do that, I personally think. I hope. And I feel like the dynamic at Red Bull, you know, now you've got a checker that's buzzing with confidence yeah. and really backing himself in a championship fight, it seems. And you've obviously got Max Verstappen, who is just a serial winner. If you're Christian Horner, what do you think Christian's thinking right now? Do you think he's comfortable in his position on the pit wall? Because in one way, his team are absolutely excelling and they're getting one to it pretty much every race. Yeah. You know, and in terms of from that side of things, Red Bull couldn't be doing a better job. And he, you know, he's going to take a lot of praise for that, you know, leading that team. But equally, you're going to have two drivers, you know, that have got ambitions to win this championship, yeah. you know, really starting to go toe-to-toe with each other. Where do you think his mindset is at? He's got to be a little bit worried in the background, thinking this could all fall apart. Well, I, I, I suppose it's it's a situation of where there is one emotional driver at the moment. And he was emotional, as you said, before he got there. He was emotional after the sprint race. Um, and then you do that pit stop that I mentioned, where, where Nick DeFries had gone on. There was a chance that there was going to be a safety car, but they brought him in to chase the tyres, and there was a safety car. It's sort of quite surprising that actually they did make the call like they did because there was always a chance. I don't know if they guessed maybe there's going to be a virtual safety car, and then he wouldn't have lost out in at all with that or, or a much smaller degree. But it was quite a surprise. Now, that's pressure. That's pressure on the pit wall. That's pressure from his engineer, and... You rely, don't you, on your engineer on that pit wall to make the right the right call. And it was the wrong call. And possibly, possibly it cost him the race win. So, so all these ingredients are going to not please Max. And we know he's going to be very feisty, I'm sure, in that debrief room, um, trying to sort of iron out all the issues that he had over, over the weekend. But then Christian, you're right, and Red Bull have got to be able to calm that down to make him perform when he gets to Miami. Personally, it won't be a problem. I think Max is that type of character that he'll just sort of dismiss everything that's happened over this weekend and then he'll get back in the car and Miami in a positive way. But it's what's happening with your teammate on the other side of the garage. Suddenly, you're under threat and he hasn't been under threat from a teammate in a long, long, long time. So this this is going to be interesting, I think, for us to, to watch that. Yeah, I think the the real winner here is the fans, is the people watching this as well right now. Indeed. That's exactly what we want to see. We want to see, if it is going to be a Red Bull dominating championship, we want to see them, you know, really going toe-to-toe with each other. So hopefully that's what we get. Sorry, guys. If you are hearing something going on in the background of this room, it, it's because that will be my washing machine. It's currently going on in the background. Yeah, I so can I'm hear trying, it. You know, to, trying to play it cool, Johnny. But, you know, if, you, if you're hearing a bit of uh, background noise, that's what's going on. You're doing good. Let's maybe move on from Red Bull, mate. Because, yep. you know, as much as we love talking about them, they, they do win <laughs> most races each weekend. So we're always starting with them. Yeah. What about Ferrari? You know, this is a team that 
you know, earlier on in the season, me and you, when it came down to our predictions, we were throwing a red car and uh, left, right and centre, you know. we yeah. just ex- That's what we expected Ferrari to be up the sharp end. And, you know, Baku, their car came alive, you know, particularly on the Saturday and the Friday qualifying for the Sunday's Grand Prix yeah, as well. Yeah, you yeah. know, double pole position, you know, couldn't have asked for much more from the performance of both Charles Leclerc and the Ferrari. They got something out of it they haven't been able to get out of that car all season it's fair to say yeah and it was and it was brilliant to see child who's sort of gone through a bit of a difficult time in in recent races and probably sort of last season as well uh to actually get out there on track in the two qualifying sessions that he had and put it on pole so it, again it shows there is there is raw pace there um the problem i suppose is one lap is one thing it's brilliant what they did both of them child and, and ferrari itself but then it goes down to what happened in the sprint race, which was unfortunately probably an indication of what was going to happen today, which was yeah. he led early on in the sprint race. And if my memory is correct, I think he did the fastest lap. I think it was on the Saturday and the Sunday on, on lap two. And then from that lap two, that was where Sergio was then able to sort of get close and pass him. And then that's that happened again today as well. And it was down to the tyre management that everybody was talking about. And the Ferrari does seem to be a bit more difficult. And I think yeah. they were happier with the situation they had today. But there was a point when everybody was basically on the same tyres at the same time. That Red Bull was a second quicker than everybody else, which is quite yeah, a concern from Ferrari's point of view. So the raw pace is there, but it's not in a race, a race pace situation. It's such a tricky situation they're in, like you say, because yeah. you know if they can nail the qualifiers, obviously the fans and the expectations are going to start to rise that you know, because in previous eras of Formula One, if you get pole position, there was a time where that almost, you know, if you got off the line, okay, yeah. you were probably going to win the Grand Prix. Indeed. Well, nowadays with these new rules, it's great for us because we get action throughout the race where there's the opportunity for overtakes. But equally, it means that if you have a cu- got a car that's high, got high degradation like that Ferrari, yeah, it, you know, Saturday and Friday that we had this weekend, the qualifying sessions, they don't guarantee you anything. I think third place for them, like you say, they're, they're that much slower than the Red Bull over a race distance you know he dropped off well over 20 seconds behind by the flag yeah i think third place was the best charles could have got out of that car so from his side of the garage i think he'll be pretty happy and positive with what he's managed to produce this weekend i i think so but but i think we both know i think we'd both be disappointed now that we got the pole but then we were yeah, able to compete when it comes down into a race so there, w- there will be a frustration but of course that's where we as drivers have to work and push the team to to be able to sort out the, the problem they've got on a on a race day. So it'd be interesting to see. And, and I suppose, because we're probably going to Mercedes in a minute, of course, and I think Aston is in a similar, similar-ish position, is where when Charles was ahead, he got blown away down that long straight by the speed of that Red Bull. And it wasn't, there was yeah, a It was unbelievable, the unbelievable. difference in speed. Yeah, but everybody else, when they were overtaking each other, it was sort of tight going into yeah, it was turn nip one. And tuck. Nip and tuck. Where that was just incredible, the speed that that's got. And I, when I was watching the race, the Ferrari, at the, the first part of the straight, for example, they look similar-ish. It's the latter part where that, that Red Bull somehow just so suddenly has this extra kick of speed compared to any other car on the racetrack so that's something that they've got to look at and sort out uh, as well they've got to get that straight line speed because that's just something you're giving away free yeah to red bull absolutely free well i think i actually 
So when you've mentioned that straight line speed, I remember a quote from George Russell earlier in that weekend out in Baku, basically saying that um, even if they took their rear wing off yes, Mercedes, yes. they thought that they were still <laughs> going to be slower in a straight line than Red Bull. So whatever you know, the the magic Adrian Newey's done with the aerodynamics over there and that, with that rear wing, something they they've got something cracked that the other teams haven't right now. So like you said, yeah. that is just a huge straight line advantage like you say particularly when a DRS gets opened we know Formula 1 you know they teams bring plenty of upgrades so I'm pretty sure eventually there will be you know a few rear wings turning up that will be able to do the same thing that Red Bull have got going on but they definitely have started this season super strong yeah super strong the, the good thing about this weekend I suppose Billy is at least Ferrari will be able to were able to challenge for that pole position where previously that was not the case nobody had a real chance so at least there are signs that Ferrari are have moved in a better position. We'll have to see if it's sort of track related or not uh, when we get to Miami. Hopefully not. But then they can just work on getting that car in a better situation for the race. Obviously, it's not going to be important for this season, but it would be damn important for Ferrari to be able to try and sort it out this season before next. Because that is where yeah. you know, the, the fundamentals are there, as I said, on one lap. So the car's damn quick, but it's the whole package of things and when it turns into a race situation that's where it's uh it's not good enough at the moment and we mentioned about you know having the full package about how important obviously sunday's where the points are scored aston martin you know the probably the first weekend that maybe there's a, a, a bit of disappointment maybe potentially from the likes of fernando alonso because he's been you know absolutely bagging podiums for fun this season yeah this weekend you know just missing out because charles finished in front of him although it was tight at the finish there was yeah do you think it is the case of Aston Martin have slipped back in this sort of upgrade race or do you think it's more that this track maybe didn't suit their car and you know potentially next time out in Miami they'll have a better package all round to be more up there on the Saturday and in qualifying yeah I suppose you could you could argue it may be part of the update update race that was sort of coming along maybe they didn't sort of gain as much as some of the other teams then we go to Ferrari and I said the race performance was okay, not as good as a Red Bull, but it was better as a whole, which enabled Charles to get that third position. And when we've seen that Aston Martin perform better in a race situation, that wasn't the case today. I know if you've probably given him one more lap, I think he had a good chance of actually getting ahead of Charles from that point of view, because he did a mighty, what, last five laps, I think it was, to close that gap down. But fundamentally that speed wasn't quite there because we, we had our predictions, which we haven't mentioned before. before, yeah. And we expected an Aston to be on that podium. And that wasn't that wasn't the case. Yeah, I've, I actually had Alonso finishing second this weekend. So, yeah, for me, well, that, just, that, yeah. that didn't go too well with the predictions. So we want to get the predictions out of the way. While well, we're give on, it a go. They're on the top yeah, of our, give it a yeah, go. They're on the tip of our tongues. Let's just get them out of the way. From memory, I said George Russell was going to finish third, Alonso second, and Max Verstappen was going to win. So I got every position wrong. Yes. I got one of the podium finishes right. It, it wasn't a strong weekend for me on the prediction side of things. No, no, it probably wasn't brilliant for me either. I think I said it was Max, it was Sergio, and I think I said Lance, I think, for the third. I think you said Lance a third. Yeah. So, I tried uh, but, to do Aston Martin, but you wouldn't allow me to do Aston Martin itself. But either, either way, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, but but you definitely got the, you know, you got the top two right just in the wrong, wrong order. order. So, sure. I'm, I'm going to comfortably say you won this week's predictions, mate. You, you got that one, another one in your tally for the season, mate. Yeah, I think we need to work a bit harder though to get the, get ourselves a little bit closer. I, I feel like bit. we've gone 
we've gone massively downhill with our predictions. I thought we were going to get better and better as the season went on. Well, I started sort of positive with Ferrari. You've sort of come into Ferrari this weekend. And of course, you know, maybe they had probably the the best weekend they've had so far, I suppose, in many respects, with with a podium. So you're probably stronger than I was with our predictions of that final podium position, I guess. Yeah, I'm... I'm I'm liking the fact that this season is unpredictable yeah, from watching the race, so but when it comes down to our predictions, I want it quite predictable. That would be a little bit handier. But yeah, yeah anyway, yeah. this one's this one's all Johnny Herbert's. No no polls, no <laughs> votes. Uh, as much as much as I'd love to take it to a vote, hoping I'd be able to blag a fluke victory. Yeah, I know. It, it, yeah. This, this one belongs to you, mate. You know, oh, that's, yeah, thank that's you. What I'm he- you know, I'm trying to be a good teammate here, Joy. I'm trying to, you know, support the cause, trying to look after you, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes. Just like Fernando Alonso does for Lance Stroll yeah. in Grand Prix. Wow. This... What'd you make of that situation? Well, this has been going on since that little clash they had together, wasn't it, in Austin last year? Uh, and yeah. He didn't really have a go at uh, Lance at all, which I think in normal terms, he probably would have had a go at the, the other driver. But then he was giving him, which was absolutely brilliant, actually, giving him um, some tips of what maybe he should be doing doing in the car while he's doing the job he's doing. Honestly, mate, it is <laughs> baffling. <laughs> it's baffling to me that Fernando Alonso is, you know, is back to his street circuit. He's trying to fight for a podium again and making his way through the grid. And he's got the spare capacity to, you know, give Lance a few pointers on brake balances and bits and pieces during a Grand Prix. Like that to me is baffling. In, in a positive way, he's got a lot of spare capacity, but also Massively. it does make it does make me question uh, if you just forgot about Lance Fernando, are you going to start winning Grand Prix? Like, uh, is that is there more performance from him to come if he just focuses on himself? Well, I tell you what, that pass that he did on uh, Carlos Sainz at Turn Four was brilliant because he's just yeah. not a corner that you go for it. But he'd he'd read the situation at three knowing that he had the momentum to be able to squeeze past and four. It was just brilliant. And that is the Fernando Alonso I think we all we all love because racecraft is is amazing. You know, we it, see him yeah. in a car that would race against those red balls. Uh, it would be it would be brilliant to see those the battles going on there with those three drivers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Max Verstappen's racecraft, sometimes it comes under question for being a little bit too aggressive in certain scenarios. Yeah. But I feel like if anyone had a you know had the capabilities in the racecraft you know to outwit Max Verstappen it would be Fernando Alonso he's such a you know he's so wise he's so crafty he it always is. finds them gaps like you say like that overtaking to turn four know what Carlos isn't expecting it and he knows that and he makes it stick yeah. and makes it count so hopefully we get a situation later in the season like you say where we get a little bit more of a, a closer fight with the other teams and the rebels because I would love to see Max Verstappen and Fernando Alonso go yes, wheel to wheel and I hope so. try and outwit each other. Yes, yeah, that was that would be absolutely epic. Right, um, so we're going to push the pressure onto Aston Martin. Come on, guys, get that car. Deliver, deliver, deliver us a car that can compete on a Sunday with the Red Bulls, <laughs> please. You got it at all. I tell you what, that was interesting stuff there. Nice discussions as always, Billy. We'll be back after the short break. Coming your way. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone. So next up, uh, let's have a quick chat about Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, we briefly, you know, mentioned, well, I mentioned in my predictions that I had George Russell to come third. Obviously, his weekend didn't pan out particularly well. On Sunday, in the sprint race, it's fair to say George did a good job. You yeah. know, I think P- P4 was the maximum he could have got out of the car. But overall, if you're, you know, reflecting on, on Mercedes weekend in Baku, I'm sat here and I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, slightly disappointed. I thought we were maybe going to see a little bit more performance from them across the whole weekend, you know. It, it just felt a little bit flat. They just lacked that little something to put them in the battle with Aston Martin uh, and the Ferraris particularly. So what did you make of it? Did you think, you know, were you expecting more yourself? or <sighs> I suppose I wanted more, but was I expecting yeah. more... Probably not, because I think we all know with the difficulties that they're having at the present time. And I think we only have only have to look at qualifying on Friday, where they just scraped through, as in Lewis just scraped through to Q3. And it was George, by four thousandths of a second, that was knocked out of Q3 with, from his teammate. But of course, then Lewis was able to get himself into fifth position uh, for the Sunday race. So it showed that there was this... Again, sort of good uh, qualifying pace, still a way off of the, the sort of the front uh, front couple of rows. But they've got to be so, so careful. And I think Friday proved it in qualifying where where they're not turning the engine up, thinking they're going to go through. We had a couple of surprises with the McLarens doing so well and Yuki Sonoda, for example. So there's like three extra cars that you probably weren't normally worrying about. And suddenly yeah. they're going to have to worry about them. So that means they're going to have to turn the wick up maybe in the end of Q2, for example, at certain circuits, maybe. So I'm not surprised, I suppose, that the performance wasn't quite there because it hasn't been there since the first race we've been out on track and it hasn't seemed to have really shifted in any positive way, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know about you as well, mate, but when I you know look at Mercedes yeah. and their consistency across the season, it feels like to me that they have They've got a quite a small window in that yeah, car to definitely. get, you know, a lot from it. It does feel like, you know, if they have an off day, like you say, they're all of a sudden at risk of, you know, not making it into a Q3. Well, like even an Aston Martin or a Ferrari on their off days, we'll, you still expect yeah. them to be in Q3. So I think, you know, there's a potentially something for, you know, the team to look at in terms of the drivability of that Mercedes and get making sure they find that window each each session because especially like you said with these new the new emergence of the McLarens coming back into the mix with the upgrades and a Yuki Tsunoda popping in there all of a sudden that changes the dynamic of a weekend if you don't make the cut and get into Q3 yeah and I, and I think as an average probably fifth is probably as good as they're they're going to get they might just have the odd weekend they might they might get themselves on in third position possibly but I suppose they have to have a perfect 
and a bit of luck to, for that to happen. But I think probably fifth is there or thereabout. That's probably where they're they're at at the moment. But I think we we both know it's mighty tight around that gaggle of cars that are sort of fighting for that sort of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth position. Yeah, so, it, it doesn't feel tight because Red Bull always have that gap to yes. the rest of the teams. But actually, <laughs> if you look at the timesheet yeah. from them from the Red Bulls down, it like you said, like you say, it is always like only a few tenths of a second, yeah. isn't it? So. It's just, it, you know, we are talking margins, but that's the world of Formula 1, so you've got to make sure, I guess, if you're Mercedes, that you start getting on the right side of those couple of attempts. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I know George got, you know, fastest lap, you know, thrown on those sort of soft tyres right at the very end. But I suppose it's what Max was able to do on the old tyres uh, and got a fastest lap just before George. But then you've also got to look at what actually Fernando was doing, chasing down Charles as well with the older tyres again. So their pace... The Aston Martins race pace and the Ferraris is better than the, the the Mercedes. There isn't this doesn't seem to be this opportunity where you can sort of look after the tire and for the last sort of I don't know five six seven eight laps you sort of go right now I can push like Fernando did didn't he, he came over the radio and sort of said okay I have nearly laps to go fourteen laps okay let's go for it so it was almost like they were saving up all the energy they needed to go for it and hopefully try and get that final podium position Mercedes. I don't seem to have that capacity at the moment to sort of do the final push to maybe get a sort of an extra result. So it's 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 just a little bit difficult for the likes of, of Mercedes. But that whole group, as we said, that whole gaggle is very, very close. But they're at the back of that gaggle, I suppose, fighting for that final podium position. Yeah, and we, we mentioned the new team that was in the mix this weekend that's showing finally showing a bit you know better pace with the upgrades they brought and that's mclaren yeah. you know lando norris Indeed. doing a, a mega job in in qualifying really putting himself in the mix and then you know getting yeah. the points today yeah how do you think lando's feeling mate because you know there's been there's probably been a lot of frustration under that visor from his side of things you know he was expecting to make you know forward progress in terms of the grid this year and the start of the season it was all negative you know all of a sudden you know, getting out of Q1 was a struggle for that team at the start of the year. Or, and now with these upgrades, it seems like, okay, they're back into their sort of usual standing of being, you know, fourth, fifth best team, you know, on the yeah. the back end of a, a Q3 session, maybe being able to put out a special lap. Do you think it's relief for Landon Norris or do you think he's still going to be sat there going, we've brought these big upgrades and I'm still not able to compete with the Ferraris, the Astons, the Mercedes um, on a real high level? Well, I, I suppose you'll be sort of disappointed because you always want more. You know, you go into yeah. every single Grand Prix, upgrades or no upgrades, expecting to have a better weekend than you've, than you've had before because you've sort of struggled a little bit. But it is a positive. I hope it gives them a direction because if, if it's direction they understand, that means that there is a positive future where they can come up with a few more little changes, which will again will improve that performance. So I suppose what we always expect as drivers in the cockpit from a team is to okay make the improvements great happy good good back a good weekend then we go to the next race in miami you expect exactly the same and i suppose that consistency is going to be the big thing isn't it billy because you know if you haven't got consistency the frustrations will start to sort of pour out because you're you have such high expectations and of course it's not actually working it out and then you're looking around you of all the other drivers like George, like Charles, and you're seeing how well they're going and you feel that you should have been in that position to challenge, but you're not. Yeah, I think 
that from my perspective of, of of knowing Lando's trajectory to Formula One, the fact that you know he was in F two with George Russell, yeah, you indeed. know George won the championship, he came second. I think he looks to those drivers and thinks I should be competing with those drivers weekend in weekend out, and at the minute yeah. that's just not the case for him. So until he kind of you know is able to you know that that side of things is able to be delivered by McLaren, I think he's always going to be you know looking out. Uh, the other teams around him that are slightly higher up the grid going, you know, the grass looks a bit greener over there. Maybe I should go knocking on a few doors. Sure, yes. Well, I think that's definitely something you've got to always be aware of what is actually happening within the grid with possible sort of changes that might come your way and hopefully you'll be in the right position to maybe cap- to capitalise on that one. But I suppose the main focus has to be with the team you're you're with at this present time. You know, it's still an early early part of the season where there are chances of these upgrades that will come come his way uh, hopefully very shortly that will improve his standing and make make sure that they're in that top 10 every time but it's not just about being in the top 10 is it it's being in that that fighting for those four fifth sixth seventh positions that's what you're really aiming for I think if you're realistic you know you're not going to go for the for the for the red ball Possibly Ferrari sort of keep this sort of momentum going. You know you're not really going to challenge them. But an Aston and a, and a, and a Mercedes, you, I would probably feel that's really what you would be trying to trying to achieve, beat those those two teams. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points there. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lot of things to consider for Lando Norris, but McLaren in general a better weekend. So yes. it, it's good to see them back in the mix. Let's finally, I reckon, let's, let's make mention a few things obviously this is the first sprint race of the season you know Baku yeah just overall what did you think of it mate you know we, we know like the people like Max Verstappen some of the drivers aren't particularly uh yeah. fond of it shall we say but I, th- I thought the sprint race you know offered a few things it was interesting you know it was good to see some wheels for action you know a bit of controversy with you know Max Verstappen George Russell having a little coming together I mean I, it was good that in a sense I think I was slightly concerned that we weren't going to actually see the drivers really go for it. But sure. the fact that it doesn't affect Sunday now, it felt like, okay, this is just like a little mini Grand Prix. It's a little teaser, a warm-up for what we've got coming tomorrow. So I like, I liked it, I'd say. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Again, I liked it where uh, uh, we had a free practice and that was it. And then it was straight into qualifying. Yeah. And I personally think that is a, a positive thing because I think it, like we had, we had a slightly, I would say, a slightly mixed up grid because we had the Ferrari at the front, but then we had the two McLarens that had got it. And then we have Yuki Tsunoda, who was actually sort of in that top 10 as well. And then you had George, who wasn't in that in that final uh, top 10 as well. So actually, the, the qualifying itself, I thought, worked very, very well. And then the qualifying for the sprint race, I thought, worked very well as well. Why do I like it? Well, I like it because Friday means something, qualify for Sunday, and Saturday means something because there is the sprint race uh as well now whatever you think about the sprint race itself it is another race it is another chance and another challenge for the drivers and you're right like like we saw with george you know he wasn't holding back he was trying to get in front of max and that's what racing is all about that's what we do that's what we enjoy so you i don't think you're you're going to be probably a bit smarter sometimes maybe so well i can't really damage the car because of obviously there could be sort of repair bill that comes with it which might affect me in a championship situation down the line 
but you can't sort of back out of those situations because you can actually put yourself in another situation that would actually cause another sort of coming together as well. I think it's quite a good test for the drivers, yeah. Johnny, because like you say, us drivers, we're wired to not back out of going Dave. for a gap, you know? So fundamentally, as much as you know, it, it might be on the back of their minds that, you know, there's crash damage, there's bills. At the same time, when the violence comes down, the red lights go yeah. out, I'm pretty sure all of that talk that the, you know, the team principals would have had by their drivers would have fairly quickly gone to the yeah. back of their minds and the mindset would be, let's go racing. Yeah, let's go. Is there a risk on Sunday on that first race? Yeah, of course there is, yeah. Absolutely. So it's no different. It's just it's an extra race of the weekend. But I think at the end of the day, that's what we love. And personally, again, if I look at what I think fans, the casual fans and fans of Formula One want to do, you're, after, you're going to have the hardcore who probably say, no, I don't like it because... They haven't got enough time to set up. I know I heard, I think, Karun Shandok sort of saying, maybe there should be a little bit more time to set up a car. And I'm sort of thinking, well, that's the challenge. If it's not a perfect car, they're all in exactly the same position and they've got to show their skill set in a very, very different way. So I prefer that. Not maybe every single Grand Prix. Yeah. We have a sprint race in that that type of uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But if we have, to, I don't know, you know, three, four of those, I don't see what, what the problem is. So I think there is a, a situation where I, I I liked it because, as I said before, I repeat myself, it meant something every single day. Yeah, I think uh, that's one thing we can definitely take away from it for sure is that, you know, every day we got good action and important yeah. sessions, which was, it was a nice mix up to have. So I'm looking forward to the next sprint race weekend. Me uh, too. Another quick mention of something that happened actually... On, at the end of the yeah. Grand Prix, mate, mm. it involved uh, the pit lane, Esteban Ocon, and a few photographers. You know, that might sound like a bit of a mixed up bundle of uh, words, but what actually went on is as Matt, uh, Esteban Ocon came into the pits at the end of the Grand Prix, he was, you know, basically his view was lots of photographers trying to get into position for the glamorous podium shots, but they were in his way. They were in the pit lane, you know. Me and yeah, you both lane, know yeah. that that kind of happens on a regular basis. But w w I guess how would you kind of sum it up for the fans at home that maybe were a bit shocked to see some of those images? Well, I, I, I suppose the biggest issue was it, you, you've summed it up perfectly, because there is always a certain time in those railings are put out by, by marshals, then all the photographers are allowed out into the pit lane to sort of get into the, their, their position for when the car's stopping part firmly to when they then go onto the, onto the podium. So it's a set procedure. The procedures never, never changed. The problem was with Esteban Ocon was he hadn't done a pit stop yeah, because he had to change those tyres. That is why he, he had to come into that pit lane. And you're right, you're coming in and it's a high-speed entry coming in there. I know you slow down to 80 kicks, but it's a slow pit lane. And that is where it was probably a little bit worrying because there were people that weren't expecting a car to come in. I think there was one marshal I saw sort of step back and then he realised a car was coming and then he had panic to sort of get out of the uh, get out of the way. I think all it was was communication. The communication should have come from race control to say do not put out the barriers uh, for the photographers. Don't let the photographers photographers in because we still have one car that's got a pit. So I think it was a, a very simple communication uh, issue. But should there have been a communication issue? Well, no, because everybody was aware in that control tower that there was a car coming in. They, you know, they knew old TV was coming. Yeah, in. I think you, that's. I think you, what you're saying there is a very valid point, mate. Like you say, it's not like you know we're in a situation where 
that would that may be a possibility a car comes in. We know, you know, from the we information knew. we've got that Esteban Ocon yeah. needs to make his mandatory pit stop and he hasn't done it yet. So with one lap left to go, it's now or never. So I think like you say, yeah. there should have been better communication from, you know, that race that race tower, the race control to make sure that everyone in that pit lane is aware there's gonna be a car coming through here any minute. Yeah, it was a massive error from from race control, massive error, because you should never ever put any marshals or any photographers or anybody in a pit lane uh, in 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 that situation because although you know you take away take away Esteban had to pit because he hadn't done his pit stop let's say someone had an engine problem or a gearbox problem or a puncture or something else and then he had to come in the pit lane as well then you have the same situation as well so I think it needs to be sort of looked at to make sure that maybe the timing of it has got to be has got to be looked at, especially when it comes down to a very, very simple someone is going to have to pit on this particular lap because it was the only lap that he could do it because there were no more laps after that. So, so yeah, so it was just a fundamental big issue from from race control, as I said. So, but it could have been obviously it could have been much worse, and thankfully it wasn't. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't. And uh, final thing, that I just want to you know throw out there. Then this is slightly yeah. separate to F one, but also. This is an, a newly branded F1 Championship. F1 Academy, their first weekend oh, yes, competing. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, as it's dubbed as sort of the W Series replacement. It's F1's own all-women's championship, giving, you know, yeah. women in motorsport the opportunity to to compete. It was good to see them out in action. Yeah, I caught a lot, a few of the highlights and saw some of the results. You know, we've I've got some familiar faces in there from working on the W Series the last couple of years Indeed. that I recognised. A few of them, like Marta Garcia, Lorea Marti yeah. and Abby Pullen, they were up the sharp end. And it was in Spielberg in Austria, so for the first the first one. Yeah, at one of the Formula 1 Grand Prix uh, circuits. Uh, they're not obviously yeah. with Formula 1 this weekend, which has been out in Baku, but the plan for next season is to have them at every single, every single one of their races be at an F1 weekend with F1. So I think that, again, will help boost that championship. But great to see them all getting an opportunity, and I'm sure it would be something throughout this year that we'll touch on as the championship gets a bit more, you know, a bit more steam yeah. behind it. Yeah, I get it. I'm looking forward to it. I just see it. It'd be nice to see exactly what talent uh, is there. And then hopefully, you know, we will see that talent go against uh, the very, very best. And then we'll see who comes out on top. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting time to, to hopefully see uh, a young lady, a young woman uh, have that chance of maybe getting into a Formula One seat. But uh, it's, it's going to be one of those things. It's going to take a bit of time, I'm sure. But the opportunities there for them yeah that's what it's all about it's all about creating opportunity yeah. that's what f1's done with that championship so again like i say just great to see them finally getting that debut Indeed. race weekend under their belts well mate i think that that's about it for this weekend johnny you know baku summed up for us there i mean a good race lots of you know stuff there to talk about and uh we haven't got to wait long until you know the next team radio episode no well really looking forward to obviously miami coming up next weekend which is which is pretty good so there's going to be a lot of rush into the airport i think in baku to get themselves out into miami but yes we're going to thank you everyone getting in touch with us at lift the lid pod keep sending in your questions don't forget that and if you haven't make sure you go back and have a listen to our special episode which was last week from Donington Park. Yeah, really enjoyed that one. So again, thank you, everyone. Hope you have a good week and we'll catch up with you very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you soon. This has been a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.